And we are live. Welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses live and direct on our YouTube channel where we're close to 2,000 subscribers. So thanks very much to all of you that have recently subscribed to the channel here on YouTube. Of course, we are coming to you the day after the semi-final defeat to Rangers at Hamden in the Via Play Cup or whatever the fuck it's called these days. Callum, heartbreak again at Hamden for the Dons. Absolutely. I mean, it's if anyone's playing red at glasses, bingo, uh, swearing inside the first 30 seconds, there you go, take that one off. Uh, yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. I mean, when Rangers scored, I was just sort of emotionless because I just felt it was going to happen at, at that point. Uh, but all in all, given how I was sort of feeling going into it, wasn't particularly disappointed. And uh, we'll, we'll come into dissecting that a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of was a little bit emotionless until I realised who it was that scored and, and my rage mm-hmm. immediately kicked in because, of course, I had to be two former Aberdeen players involved in the in the goals as well just to really rub salt into the wounds as well. But to be honest, Callum, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get into a lot of the, the nitty-gritty f- for the game, but I think we should probably start the episode by applauding really the 14,000 of us that were at Hamden yesterday because... That support that we took to Hamden yesterday was absolutely phenomenal. Big kudos as well to the the ultra section as well that really was relentless throughout. Um, and I really thought the backing that we gave the team yesterday was was terrific. And the the players themselves, you know, all we can ask for in games like this is that they leave everything on the pitch. And I really felt we did that yesterday. We left everything on the pitch. Um, maybe there's an exception in there that we will come on to as well, but it, it just wasn't to be yesterday in really unfortunate circumstances. Absolutely, but I sort of left feeling proud in a weird way of the fact that, you know, I mm. kind of half expected us to go there, get humiliated in Glasgow by by Rangers, as we've seen so much over the year. Um, not over the year, over the years, sorry, not just the one. It's been many years of suffering. Um, but also, yeah, the fans as well. I thought they were incredible. We were outnumbered. Uh, once again but I think basically what sums it up was at full time everyone's still in fine voice um, showing their support for the team which had left everything both on the pitch and on fashion Sakala yeah yeah well couldn't hit him hard enough Um, but on the team before we kind of go back to the very start was yesterday a kind of sign that despite the shite that we've sat through over the last four or five weeks, a sign that we're maybe going in the right direction, this team does have that bit of fight, that bit of mm. character about them to kind of, because we kind of questioned in the preview, does the team have a bit of that mentality to stand up when it's counted? Mm-hmm. And was there signs there yesterday that give you positivity for the rest of the season going forward certainly when we turn our attention domestically to, to hearts on Wednesday absolutely um I think we could have been turned over however that I think that's probably what some a lot of people would have been expecting uh, fairly comfortably however we went toe-to-toe with them and had it not been for Anthony Stewart's red card uh you know you, you never know what could have happened and also supposed injuries to Duke and Clarkson but I remember saying before we went one nil we fucking got them here. We've got them here. And we did until 
uh, until things went a little bit wrong later on. But it, it was certainly encouraging. I think going by social media as well, in general, fans seem a bit more content with the manager too, given given how he turned up and played as well. Uh, <laughs> however, I suppose the the big thing is it needs to carry on in you know in the league now going forward because you know we've seen perform- decent performances for the most part against Rangers up to Audrey, uh, for example, then again at Hamden. It needs to carry on going into time cards because we play like that. I know it'll be difficult given, you know, they've just played 120 minutes on an awful heavy pitch. Uh, mm. But if they play like that, then they could potentially absolutely stroll it against Hearts. But it's once again turning up away from home and getting it right. And obviously it'll be more difficult when there's not 14,000 of us there and there's only 600. So thanks very much for that, Hearts. Yeah, well, we'll come on to the, the Hearts preview at the... Um the end of the, this episode but Callum as always we look at the team news um, or the, the way we lined up as when we start an episode or certainly start the review of the game and one of the main talking points going into the game was whether or not Boyan Miofsky would kind of get the, the go ahead um, over a another and also we discussed in depth um, on the preview about whether or not Johnny Hayes would get a start over Matt Kennedy um, what do we know about Matt Kennedy's performance? Thank you very much to David Ross who pointed that out to us at full time yesterday. What a performance Matt Kennedy put in and well, Boyan's had his critics. Mm-hmm. We've we've been critical of him, me especially, and there's, there's certainly been a lot on, on social media as well. But what that was back to the best of Boyan, certainly in that first half, especially. Absolutely. I mean, uh, still got some way to go uh, in terms of staying on side for the most part. However, the fact he was involved and making things happen, and even for the goal that uh, was rightly chalked off, what a finish that was. And the fact oh. he was back involved through the middle uh, and making things making things uh, tick a little bit more was uh, fantastic to see. And the fact he did end up getting a goal too, hopefully will do his confidence wonders uh, on a big stage, I suppose, too will help. And hopefully that's him back amongst the goal trail and on Ryan Kennedy as well, uh, superb, uh, for both at right wing and then when he filled in at right back as well. Still fantastic, despite being absolutely knackered uh, as yeah. well from about about 70 minutes onwards. Yeah, um, not the only one that was knackered from that point um, onwards, but more on that a little bit later on. But <clears throat> no, you're absolutely right. Great to see. I think Boyan's movement is a lot that's been spoken about, the, the work he kind of does off the ball. and. Um, you know, as Skokser says here, Boyan was pushed up and he was, he was playing that high line, kind of really trying to annoy Connor Goldson and, and Leon King, I think was the other centre-back um, yesterday. And he caused them endless amounts of problems in that in that first half. Unfortunately, like you said, struggled to stay on side at times, but even that first goal as well, just the quality he has to finish from that angle um, it was just unfortunate that the flag went up and I'm actually quite thankful to Ian um, that he did tell me that it was offside before I went even crazier than I was in beginning to go. Um, but Kennedy, I thought, was was superb um, in that, that first half, really caused Rangers problems. And, you know, you've got to applaud that desire um, to chase down that ball for the opener because the Rangers' defence was sleeping and Mike Kennedy was very much alert. But so was Boyan as well to have the awareness to to go into the, the middle of the box. 
And to be fair to Kennedy, I've been quite critical of his balls into the box. I still think his, some of his set pieces yesterday were a little bit lacking. But that ball for Boyan for the opener is just brilliant. Absolutely superb. Uh, and also, I spoke on a dodgy park. The fact he got exactly right for him as well. Yeah. Uh, even better. But put it on our plate for him. Still, Boyan, we also had to uh, have a nice little deft touch. And he did exactly that. Superb finish. Fantastic goal. Um Brilliant from Matty Kennedy in the first place, not only to be aware of it, but yeah, to show the, that desire uh, for, for the Rangers fence who, who were absolutely sleeping. And it it prompted uh, fantastic scenes. It's a shame it didn't mean anything, but hopefully mm. the fact, you know, Boyan Mayowski back amongst the goals, confidence should hopefully be flying high after that for him personally anyway. And uh, it'd be nice to see him get, get back on that goal trail and hopefully put a wee run together starting on Wednesday. Yeah, well, if he's fit enough, of course, for mm-hmm. Wednesday as well. But... Did you think it was going to be a long afternoon with that opening 10 minutes, which seemed just to be played predominantly in our own half? Of course, Fashion Sakala hitting the post as well mm. inside the, the opening. I think it was even inside the opening five minutes. But I thought, God, this is going to be a long afternoon. But the weird thing about the first half, I don't know if you noticed it, but it seemed to go in 10 spells, 10 minute spells of dominating the game. Mm. Rangers op- uh, opened the game well and, and dominated the, the first 10 minutes. We grew into it from the 10 to 20th minute and then it seemed to swing back the other way. It, w- it was very much like a, a good old-fashioned boxing match, both teams trying to, to figure each other out and both sides getting opportunities to stay on top. Mm-hmm. And we landed first punch, baby. Uh, just kind yeah. of on that boxing analogy. But you no, know, the first 10 minutes, I was shitting myself. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that much. I was... A bit concerned, I think, I suppose, in, in context, with Rangers having the majority of the crowd in Glasgow, they were always going to start out on top. And it was just up to us sort of weather that initial storm, uh, and which we which we did, thankfully, just by, by the skin of our teeth, I suppose, when uh, Sakala hit the post. But then, yeah, we took a little bit more of a, a firmer grasp on things, and it had, a, it had a good sort of cup tie feel to it. I still think... I think as a neutral, you're probably watching that thing and this is a brilliant semi-final. Um, I mean, even though we did end up losing, I still enjoyed it at least. So that's something, I suppose, <laughs> But uh, which I didn't think I'd be saying going into it. But I was very much concerned, but I suppose it was expected. I'm just glad it didn't sort of carry on. So it carried on into that, past that 10-minute mark, going towards the 20 mark. I think they would have definitely scored first and who knows how it would have ended up at that point. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've been quite critical of our defence in recent weeks. So I think um, a lot is to be credited to them for that first half display as well, keeping that Rangers side out. Um, And we did say that we would be the team that, or we had the players that could cause that Rangers defence problem. And there was a lot made as well before the game about the pitch and the quality of the pitch, or certainly lack of, and how that might affect the game. And I saw, I think it was Matt Cool put on, on Twitter that, um, the the pitch kind of being cut up would probably benefit us more because you know Rangers being a maybe more passing side could could exploit us better and I think once we grew into the game that definitely did help us because we saw a lot we were kind of going route one balls over the top trying to get that Rangers backline turning and we were having a lot of success with that. Absolutely, uh, it definitely. It was farcical. Before we move on about the pitch, the fact that you know the pitch on the national stadium is like that is horrendous. 
I mean, I don't know who thought playing two semi-finals a day after one day after the other in January when the weather's been like that was a good idea. But you know, fair play to the SFA because they always seem to uh, astound us somehow uh, in how fucking shit they are and how stupid. But regardless, here we are. Not the final they wanted though. Exactly, and the sponsor. So you know, not that we're conspiracy or anything like. Like that, no. I'll keep, keep my uh, tinfoil hat away for a wee while. It was uh, it was awful, but it did sort of suit us in terms of the sort of scrappy nature, I guess, a little bit. Uh, I certainly think having Ramadani and Shinny in the middle of the park also helped us massively. I'd hate to think how that semi-final would have gone had we not signed Graham Shinny and he wasn't playing there. Um, but I think the, the, the one concern is how heavy it was on the legs, especially going to extra time and especially when we ended up with uh, with 10 men. Yeah, uh, and apologies, I didn't wear my work clothes, so that is the reason why we did ultimately Should lose have. the game. Um, and you were waiting to say it as well. But the way the first half went, Callum, do you think as well there was a little bit, hindsight's a wonderful thing, some of the chances we passed up on as well. Mm. Um, I haven't brought myself to watch the highlights, but the one, the one that sticks out um, was Anthony Stewart had a header from a corner um, I'm, I'm, I remember Brune messaged me saying he's got to score that. Um, that was that one stuck out, and there was another couple of good, maybe half half opportunities. Obviously, the Boyang goal that was disallowed. Um, I know there's a few Rangers fans in the comments trying to get their kicks again from tonight, um, but obviously they themselves had their chances. We've mentioned Sakala's um, hitting the post, and then Kel Rose again doesn't really have a lot to do in a game against against Rangers, but pulls off a terrific save from Morelos to prevent the ball crossing the line. Absolutely. I mean, the headlines could have been very different had Anthony Stewart scored that. Um, I thought, yeah, Kel was certainly the first half, didn't have all that much to do for all Rangers sort of possession and uh, working the ball pretty nicely at times. I thought we protected him pretty well uh, as well. I certainly think having Ramdani and Shinny in the middle of the park front of that back four helped too but uh, I mean imagine the headlines of Anthony Stewart after after his yeah. you know build up had then gone on and scored and you know made us put us 2-0 up uh, how different things could have been yeah but you just knew after that comments he was going to be involved somehow and boy was he um, but yeah, it was just one of those things and I don't know like at half time I just I was almost in disbelief that we were winning the game I think because my expectations were so low um, for the game, but the way it was kind of playing out. And I think, again, this goes back to praising Jim Goodwin. It feels a bit weird after Mm -hmm. how we've been in recent weeks, but I think we have to because Jim set that team up so well yesterday. Um, Yes, okay, that opening 10 minutes was a struggle. Maybe the occasion got to a few players. Mm. You know, first time for a few of them at the the National Stadium, maybe a first semi-final for a few as well. Uh, Dealing with that atmosphere and occasion maybe got to them. But once we settled into the game, I thought we looked solid. I thought we looked threatening. And to a man, I thought those players were doing as Jim Goodwin instructed it just felt that everything was going too well. Yeah, I, I, at half time I spoke to someone and and they said everyone needs everyone needs to calm down. Yeah, it was a long way to go. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, 
tried to dismiss it and try and you know ride the wave. However, um, he was right in the end. <laughs> it was we were set up very well. I think credit, yeah, has to go to Jim Goodwin for that. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't have enough about us at, at, at the end of the day, but it's certainly positive and it feels like a step in the right direction because if we can go and play the second best team in the country like that um, as uh, as National Stadium when these players have, as you said, barely played in a semi-final probably, um, certainly not in terms of at a professional level and also uh, in, in uh, at Hamden. That experience will do them the world of good uh, come April time, shall we say, perhaps. And surely the atmosphere as well provided by the fans must give them uh, a real desire and, and desperation for more of that because if they saw the reception they got at the end of the game uh, after we'd lost. Imagine if we go on to win something or if we won that game, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, as you mentioned, that full-time reaction from the fans with the fans still there in full voice, applauding the team off the park as well, applauding the the effort that, that was put in, says a lot about how us fans felt yesterday. I think as well, especially when you compare it to the, the game at Pataudry and what we were like sitting here discussing that game uh, and the anger that we felt losing. I think it was Martin Stone put on Twitter about yesterday should be the template for us uh, in how we approach games in Glasgow. Or, um, you know, we do have the capabilities to take the game to, to Rangers and Celtic. Um, we might not have the defenders yet to, to still do that. Um, but we, we certainly have players that have that belief and yesterday should give us that belief to kick on not only in future games in Glasgow, future away games, um, but also for the rest of the season. It's weird to have those positive feelings after losing a semi-final to Rangers. No, absolutely. I thought I was maybe going to be a bit more guided today because I came away from the game thinking mainly, ah, well. I just kept repeating the two words, ah, well, because I thought, you know, like, like, for example, they didn't disgrace us. And uh, I, I certainly thought, just in general, all round from the manager to the playing staff, fans, generally very, very happy. As you say, though, that has to be the template, but not only just for uh, Celtic or Rangers. It needs to start on Wednesday. Go like that, mm. play like that at Tyne Castle with whoever's available, and we'll give ourselves a very good chance. Yeah. What did you make of how we approached the second half? Did you think we were a bit standoffish in that second half or do you think we continued as we were in the first half? Uh, I think we were a bit more, uh, we were certainly sitting a lot a, a lot deeper. However, getting out when Rangers were piling on such pressure, pretty difficult um, can kind of understand it. You maybe expected it to go similar to the first half where's, where if we come out like that for the start of the second half uh, and, and frustrate them to, to begin with, then we can you know take our spell in the game and hopefully go on to capitalise and get the second. They were always going to come out uh, and look to, to dominate things and get themselves back into the game. I just The concern was when we did win the ball back, it was mainly just being hoofed up for Miofsky mm. to try and chase and it wouldn't usually even get past the likes of Goldson, for example. That was more the concern for me um, rather than, you know... Uh, not being able to hold on to the ball when we when we did eventually win it. 
Yeah, um, I think as Mark Robertson says, good to have you with us, Mark, um, joining over from America. Um, good to have a couple of you as well that that made the, the trip to Hamden. Uh, Paul Ricci, I saw you in the comments earlier. You obviously made it up from London. I don't know if Johnny Main's with us tonight. Of course, travelled over from Cork, but good to have dandies from all over um, tuning into this episode tonight. He says that we stood off in the second half, and I think that point you make there, Callum, about the way we played in terms of targeting Mayovsky. Um, in the second half really kind of was a bit costly in a sense mm-hmm. that we saw that being the problem previously long balls up to Miofsky are no use in that first mm-hmm. half when we were driving through the middle of the pitch using Shinny Ramadani spreading the play to, to both um, Duke and Kennedy and then having Miofsky just run and try and cause the centre-backs problems that's where we were getting the success unfortunately it, I don't know if you saw it, but um, it looked very much like Duke did his hamstring in the first half. Because I remember texting mm-hmm. Bruno, it was about the half hour mark, and he pulled up straight away and just grabbed the back of his hamstring. I thought, fucking here we go now. Like, we're already backs against the wall and mm-hmm. his hamstring's gone. I was actually more worried for Wednesday night as well, let alone yesterday. Um, so I don't know how fully fit Duke was, but obviously he still soldiered on well into mm-hmm. the, the second half. And I just don't know as well if the as more of the second half wore on tiredness did play a part yeah. for us given the the pitch that we were playing on and we have Absolutely. obviously seen fitness has been a bit of an issue for us mm-hmm. i mean obviously it's the same for both sides uh i think for a lot of time uh you know there sort of there's a lot of young 21 22 23 year old lads in there who play in first team football for the first time ever and then have to go and play on a pitch like that and they're playing every week there's little rotation um, mm. I don't think that'll have helped and losing uh, mm. Duke uh, as a sort of ball carrier for example if, if he had played out the rest of that second half having him as an option to get us up the park uh, rather than just sort of hoofing it and hoping for for Miofsky could have been very different likewise the creative link with, with Clarkson uh, losing him uh, very detrimental too someone did message me as well who's watching the game at home at halftime saying that uh, the pitch down Duke's side was cutting up really, really badly. I think mm. you, you saw that and it just got worse as the game went on, which won't have helped if he already had sort of any sort of niggles or, or knocks. Yeah. And running in such a heavy pitch in the way he does uh, can't have been very, very good. No, absolutely not. But I suppose Al Mitchell's right. The the pitch went for, for both teams. We can't use it as an excuse um, but there was an interesting comment that came in just at the start of our live and kind of relevant to what we're talking about now. And it's from how do 1% govern 99 when it says, why, why can't our team last a full 90 minutes versus Rangers dead on our feet? Well, before the 90 loads of positives, but as soon as the big three come off, we're doomed. Um, and then has his opinion on Connor Barron as well, who obviously did come on um, later on. But again, is fitness a concern because, once again, we saw, well, obviously Duke maybe had that injury in the first half, but Leighton Clarkson again failing to to last 90 minutes going off with what appeared to be cramp. Um, Boyan Miofsky obviously came off at full time. Um, again, I'm not sure if that was a knock, but you'd Matty Kennedy struggling. Johnny Hayes, who even came on as a sub, was very much struggling. Uh, and again, Hayden Coulson, who's had his injury problems as well. It looked like he was struggling maybe with a bit of cramp as well towards 
well, certainly an extra time. It looked like he was stretching out a good few times. So, And then Keller Rose, who only ever seems to get injuries against Rangers as well. I thought he was starting his time time wasting very early when he went down again. Um, but cause for concern again with with that side of things, Callum? I suppose slightly, but I'll go back to the point I just made about it's a lot of uh, young footballers playing their first sort of proper run of first team football uh, right now, basically. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. 90 minutes every week, sometimes twice a week uh, with a little rotation then on a pitch like that. And also the reason it was probably worse for us than it was for Rangers. We spent a lot of the second half in particular without the ball and it's a lot harder yeah when you're chasing the ball rather than making the ball do the work, uh, which obviously partly our fault. Um, <laughs> however, I think that also maybe plays into things, but you know, in the likes of, you know, late, late in Clarkson, you know, we didn't play that much against uh, for Blackburn, Blackburn previously handful of punches, I think for Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, Duke coming in after, you know, being sort of a role player, I suppose at Benfica B as well. Yeah. Uh, so in particular, those two going off and you mentioned Colson who's had his injury problems basically throughout his career, it would seem. It's a little bit of a concern, especially going into a big game uh, against Hearts. So I think it emphasises the, the fact that maybe needing to get more bodies uh, through the door. And obviously it's in particularly in one area of the pitch at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, as Kaiser said, good to have you with us, Kaiser. Shane was the best player on the park. Hope we get a permanent deal sorted out. He's only been here for two games, but the difference with having him in the team and in the middle of the park is day and night to what we've seen. Um, it's imperative we get him almost on a, a um, permanent deal come the summer, but he keeps this level of performance up. He'll have a queue of clubs wanting his signature. Absolutely. Just hopefully, uh, in terms of, for him personally, this seems like the best place for him at this point in his career. So, yeah, I'm sure there will be suitors given the, the, his performances, but uh, there's probably a reason he wanted to come back here. Uh, I believe he does have uh, a, a property somewhere nearby. So, Graham, you're reaching your twilight years. It makes sense. Get get it done. And, you know, if you put, keep putting performances like that, if he doesn't stay, oh, I'll be heartbroken. It'll be like losing Andy Constein all over again. And Graham Shinney all over again, because it literally will be. <laughs> Don't fall in love with lone players. Um, Chris makes the point here, and I was going to ask you about this because I know it's a pet peeve of yours. Um, we only used four out of a possible six substitutions, leaving Bizawin Duncan and Patrick Mizailovic on the bench. Strange when fresh legs were needed in extra time. Um, what were your thoughts? Obviously, again, that was another contentious issue we discussed in the preview about making those change, trying not to change it too early mm. when we were doing well, like we saw at Pataudry. Do you think Jim Goodwin made some mistakes in terms of changing the personnel? I think possibly. Um, we've now seen both ends of the spectrum, really, with changing yeah. it too early and now too late. Uh, particularly Marley Watkins being left solely on an extra time. Um, and I think also at that point, when there's five minutes to go of extra time, give Vinny a go, give Duncan a go or Mislovic as well, Yeah. in addition to him, because... At that point, what have you got to lose? Okay, we might concede another goal, lose three one, but you never know what could happen with their energy uh, compared against you know a tiring Rangers side as well. Uh, I think you saw in particular when when they went down to ten men uh, when Roof was off injured before they managed to make the sub, 
they mm. were just pat knocking it around so slowly, such a low tempo, and we just couldn't get, still couldn't get anywhere at yeah. them uh, as well. And, and they, they looked really done by that point too. Um, I think when Baron came on, I was crying out for Mislovic, and then within about two minutes of Baron coming on, I was even more angry. In fact, it wasn't Mislovic, but I do understand, you know, given the fact he's just in the door, uh, I suppose, and it would have been you know, a tough occasion, but. I've seen a lot of calls for, for Vinny. Uh, still, they're going on in the comments down below from Al Mitchell. It seems it seems unusual. I think perhaps maybe his lack of defensive qualities maybe played into the fact why Barron came on over him. No, but, but then I think I, I, I think the point on Vinny, though, was probably he should have come on over Marley Watkins. Yeah. Um, because I felt like that point you just made about the tempo of the game was crying out for someone to have that bit of pace mm. um, and kind of really take the game to that tiring defence. I mean, you saw with literally the last kick of the game, you'd Hayden Coulson sprinting on to just a bouncing ball. Mm. Oh my God, if just he connected that little bit sweeter. Yeah. It was just, who knows what could have happened. Probably skied over the bar. Um, but it was just one of those one of those things that I yeah. didn't really understand the Marley Watkins substitution. <clears throat> but also the fact the Rangers had the time to knock the ball about, it reduced how long, because I think you, Marley Watkins was ready for about the last 10 minutes and only got five. Yeah. And I just wonder if there was an opportunity to to maybe change it. But yeah, I, I think that game was crying out for that bit of pace we saw when we we're a bit direct. We were causing Rangers problems. So you, you do have the question marks around Ryan Duncan and, and Vinny. I know I've seen a few folks saying maybe it just further exemplifies there was a rift or is a rift between Goodwin and Vinny that he didn't get on in a game like that. Um, who knows really? But yeah, the, the point you made about Barron, once he came on, I was really disappointed. Um, I, it's really frustrating because obviously there's a lot of talk around Connor Barron and his contract situation just now. <clears throat> and I thought if ever there's a game that will really kind of give you a chance to kind of stamp your authority on where we are mm-hmm. with, you know, show your desire that you want to be here. Albeit he did come very close to, to scoring um, in the second half, but I just felt we kind of lost the midfield a little mm-hmm. bit once he was on the pitch. We weren't quick to get in the face of Rangers. We were just that yard off it, just even slower to second balls. Mm-hmm. Um that's just my opinion, um, mm. shared maybe by others, maybe disagreed. Please come forth with your comments. Your opinions are welcome, apart from Jimmy Duff in the comments. But I'm glad oh, to have God, you. Jim. Yeah, I'm glad to have you along um, funding this YouTube channel, probably mm. funding us more than you funded your, your club. Um, but thanks nonetheless. Um, just, just one of those things though, Callum, where once you lose certain little things like that become more under the microscope. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I get he's a young laddie, uh, etc., and he's still got some way to go in his development, but I was disappointed with him. Uh, I think, yeah, we, we certainly lost a lot with Clarkson going off, certainly the first half. Um, at times I was noticing how high Clarkson was. He was almost playing up there alongside with me, alongside Miofsky. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was... It was a shame that Clarkson went off, and I think we just lost a lot with with Bannon coming on. As you say, though, admittedly, he did come very close. And it'll be interesting to see who comes in between him and Mislovic 
if um, if Clarkson isn't fit for Wednesday. Yeah, and um, this point from Scotesford really did make me laugh as well because we went four up top and chucked the keeper up in the box in the league game at St Mirren, yet when we had a free kick in injury time or something like that, I can't remember when it was, Ross was just standing behind Kennedy. I, th- I mm-hmm. didn't understand why he didn't even take the free kick. That's but I thought, I thought why, why are we not sending the keeper up when it means something what we say maybe maybe he was too fucked by that point to to get up and potentially get back yeah very very true right let's get into the contentious decisions of the second half um jimmy and the rest of his mob i'm sure here to really hear our thoughts on these decisions let's start with Borna Barisic's assault on matty kennedy that nick walsh deemed only a yellow card Red card. I mean, it seems like this going by the letter of the law. If you actually read the rules, it it basically states exactly red card. It's not about you know interpretation of force or whatever. Um, but if if you go in high like that with two feet, red card. No idea of the ball, but you know who's shocked? Not me. But the ABZ guys, they made a good point quoting the 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 video of the the assault from Borna Barisic. None of our players. Do anything yeah. about it. It's ridiculous. What's, what's that all about? I know, and you just especially expect Graham Shinney, of all people, to be in there, and probably Ramadani too, but I would have liked to have seen them make a little bit more, but I suppose with you know Nick Walsh and his decision-making, they didn't want to risk anything else, I suppose. It, I just don't... Nick Walsh could not wait to get the booking out. Yeah. I wonder if VAR conveniently went down in communication to oh, refer that. Um to the the monitor but I think it was Ian next to me said how is that not a red card he called it straight away it the the thing about it as well people are saying Anthony Stewart scissored um Sakala or whatever whoever it was yeah um, it was Sakala I know I'm just trying to calm down my emotions before I go way too overboard mm-hmm. Barisic does the exact same but he does it from behind Kennedy. Surely that is much more endangering our opponent than at least Sakala can see Stuart coming. Kennedy has no idea what's about to hit him from behind. Yeah. Although I, I think at the time as well, it was a bit more raging. Matty Kennedy didn't play the ball to Johnny Hayes, who was about bursting a gut through the, the middle of the Rangers' defence. But mm-hmm. uh, inconsistently, consistently shite. Scottish yeah. referees. <laughs> I agree. I mean, to be fair, I don't blame him for not passing to Johnny Hayes. <sighs> Probably said about Barron, Hayes wasn't much better. Uh, just, you know, making no effort to get down the byline and just putting an early cross into Miofsky who's standing on the edge of the box. But, yeah, not bad. I think, I think it was quite apparent Hayes was not fully fit. Yeah, I know. And I don't think he has been since that injury. And it's mm. probably beginning to signal the end to me for him. But we'll come to that at a later date. Yeah, um, just disappointing, I guess that that didn't that kind of only went punished with a yellow card. Right on to <clears throat> the red card. Then Anthony uh-huh. Stewart was in the press, of course, pre-match about his comments on Alfredo Morelos. Proved right, Alfredo Morelos was the easier striker to deal mm-hmm. with by all accounts because he was absolutely terrible. Red card, yellow card. Anthony Stewart on Fashion Sakala. And initially, I mean, initial, right? Okay. Like, initial thoughts when you okay. watched it live. Never a red card. However, I was pretty far away. I'll 
say that much. Uh, I was. You are wherever in, you're staying at Hamden, to be honest. That's true. But I was right in the corner, right up at the back as well. So yeah. it wasn't fantastic. Um, I thought it was. I, I was like, oh, he's desperate to get that red card out. Red card out. Um, you know, it's not a good tackle. However, there's no chance it's a red card. I thought, yellow card. However, having seen it back, he does nail him. Uh, he does absolutely do him. Not hard enough, according to Stam. Uh, and he maybe has lived Stam's dream by doing that to a Rangers player. Not myself, of course. Um, I, probably right as a red card. However, I'm sure there's going to be worse than that this season that will go unpunished. I mean, look at the ones up at Ross County, uh, or maybe not up at <clears> Ross County. Ross County were playing, and they were even worse, and they didn't go punished. So, probably right. Uh, moronic from Anthony Stewart, who was having a good game up until then, but um, it begs the question of should he be captain when he's going in and doing stuff like that? I don't know whether that will make his confidence and his football ability even worse. If and I, you know, I don't know if giving it to Shinny when he's on the loan is a good <clears> is a, is a good thing. But uh, if he just stops being a tube like that, that would be good. Yeah, he doesn't even need to make the challenge. Sakala's going nowhere. Yeah. Um, we saw what his delivery was like all game. He would probably end up running the ball out for a goal kick um, the game he was having. The the time of the game, it was needless to, to fly in like that as well. To be honest, at the time as well, I thought it was a booking. I didn't think it was as bad as it was when you watch it on TV. I see Al Mitchell in the comments saying red card when watching on TV. I I just thought it was just a bit late. Yeah, that's and, what I thought. And I thought that's fine. You know, we've seen Barisic pick up a booking. Nick Walsh will just book Stewart as well. But fucking hell, red card was almost like it. We got it for Christmas, and it was the first time he's using it. He couldn't wait to get it out of his pocket. And the thing as well, Anthony Stewart was already down the tunnel before it came over the like PA system that they were checking whether or not it was a red card for a serious foul player that I was like, it's not even any point. Andy sure it's probably in the shower before you even decide whether or not that's going to be overturned. And let's be honest, we saw what happened with um, Kilmarnock's penalty the day before. There was fucking no chance that was getting overturned. Yeah, I think he knew. I, I still felt that if he'd been booked, there would have been obviously an opportunity for VAR to have a look at it for mm-hmm. a red card and potentially overturn it. I could maybe have coped with it that way. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Nick Walsh brandishes the red card, there's absolutely no chance any fan of Scottish football outside of two teams from Glasgow know that as soon as that red card comes out, there is not a chance VAR is overturning it. No way, Jose. But does Stuart need to make that tackle? No. <laughs> At the time of the game, is it stupid? Yes. Is it even worse because it's our captain? Yes. Is it the second time he stupidly got sent off this season? Yes. Do I agree with the calls around stripping him of his captaincy? No, because I think for a player whose confidence is probably already rock bottom, it will just further destroy it. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are jumping on the, the shinny for captain bandwagon. Again, I can see that point, but giving it to a loan player for five months probably is not going to look great, especially if he doesn't sign for us in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but what do you do? Does Anthony Stewart need a spell on the bench? Well, he's not going to be in the team for a couple of games anyway, because that's going to turn into, I think it's a three-game ban, um, and I believe he won't be able to play uh, against Hearts on Wednesday. I don't think he should be given the armband in the first place. I think he would be Mm. probably thought of a lot better had he not had not been given it because you expect more from the captain and with that pressure it's probably not helping him at all Um, and I think if he's still a starting centre-back come next season I would absolutely be on board with someone else having it because as a defender I mean you saw in the before that challenge he is capable of just if he just sticks to his task of being a penalty box defender then he can be can be good but at the same time he's cost us twice uh, in two games which you know, well, certainly that one's massive, and but come the end of the season, the other one could be too. It was a bit ludicrous. I don't know whether you know. On one side, without the pressure of the armband, perhaps he goes on and improves. On the set, other <clears> hand, <throat> the confidence could could go, which is already probably pretty low after that. And um, it was silly. I I do agree that I feel sorry with Scott. Yeah, um, yeah I agree it, it as well. Yeah, and obviously for those that are tuning into the, the audio part of this episode, um, Scott's comment is that he feels sorry for Anthony Schneider. He's been asked to be a player he's not mm-hmm. capable of being. We're trying to build a team who can pass out from the back. Stuart is a no-nonsense defender. And I, I totally agree with that that aspect as well because you saw yesterday when Stuart was asked to be that no-nonsense defender, you made that point at the beginning. He was having a very good game. It was just one moment of absolute madness and unfortunately that consistency yeah. with what Borna does versus what Anthony Stewart does it, it just doesn't add up mm-hmm. um watching it and it is just it's just hugely hugely frustrating um even more frustrating that despite having VAR in Scottish football you can get away with assaulting a player <laughs> on a pitch because Ryan Kent once Rangers have the one-man advantage, decides to punch Liam Scales in the face. And unbelievably, Nick Walsh gives a free kick and nothing else. So he sees that there has been an altercation off the ball. And I remember he consults because he speaks to his linesman, Mm -hmm. conveniently placed in front of the Rangers fans, probably shitting himself to make the decision that is a red card. Where the fuck is VAR though? Mm -hmm. Is that when it was broken? Apparently not, because we only were told it was broken from extra time onwards. If it's not working then, fucking hell, like, I'm not saying it would make a huge difference, but um, I was a big fan um, of um, a comment that I saw on, on Twitter today. Um, where Ryan Kent should have been sent off for wearing short sleeves and gloves, let alone the assault on Liam Scales. I mean, for all what Anthony Stewart did was stupid, and ultimately Ryan Kent wasn't punished. If you're a Rangers fan, and okay, yeah, whatever, it's funny, he's punched a player all alone from Celtic. You must be, how stupid is he? I mean, <laughs> clearly a fucking idiot. Um, yeah. Somehow the people who are in charge of uh, officiating the match, even more of a fucking idiot. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I don't know how he's got away with it. Not not even checked, I don't think. 
Uh, it's just absolute lunacy, sort of from all involved, really, wasn't it? Just beggar's belief really sums up the state of Scottish football and the talking points we've seen VAR being in the news for all the wrong reasons every day this weekend. You saw the decision that Hearts got away with on, on Friday night with a penalty um, that, that should have been Kilmarnock as well, not getting a penalty that should have been. And then Aberdeen somehow not benefiting from a red card in a game against Rangers, who surprised not me. Of course, nope. they want that showpiece final, but... I hope they're all happy. We'll let Glasgow enjoy that occasion. I'm sure the police won't, but there we go. Um, unfortunately, though, Callum, extra time just kind of caught up with us a little bit, the the legginess and maybe the, the 10 men also a factor in the, the mm-hmm. winning goal as well. To be honest, for me, a really disappointing goal to lose. Um, and watching Scott Wright's smug face run behind the goal was fucking insufferable. And then fake hard man Ryan Jack trying to give it to the south stand as well, who are about 50 metres away. Honestly, it does my fucking head in, that boy. I agree. Um, I was pretty emotionless at that point when it scored. sort of expecting it. However, I mean, I think that goal summed up basically how knackered Mike Henney was. Mm. He'd given it his all. And also the fact that, you know, Mike Kennedy's clearly, he's not a right back, uh, he's clearly out on his feet. And still, Jaden Richardson didn't even get sent to warm up, I don't know. I think that tells you all you need to know. But no, it wasn't wasn't pleasant. It had to be right in front of us. Uh, But, you know, I hope hope he's happy. Uh, You know, when all's said and done and he retires, not going to be able to come back here and have a fantastic time. No, uh, certainly not welcoming soul anyway. Did you see his Instagram story that he posted? Oh, I know, I know. He really seems... He seems bitter. Really, yeah, he seems weirdly bitter for someone who's, you know, for, okay, for whatever, he's gone there, he's won trophies, sold his soul to the devil. Um, but he seems he seems really bitter about it, and it's it's confusing. Surely, I, I don't know, I don't know. I just yeah. dislike the man. Very much. Um, Al Mitchell makes a point about Christian Ramirez in extra time. Um, Ramirez did nothing. Um, I suppose didn't really have much to work with. Um, I don't really think we had much of the ball in the second half. Was doing his best, I guess. Had a small opportunity, but difficult for Christian Ramirez. Maybe also um, his mind turning elsewhere, of course, with the news kind of coming out before the game this weekend that um, Christian Ramirez potentially set to return to the MLS with Columbus crew on a three-year deal with the club set mm-hmm. to receive a modest transfer fee, if you believe the rumours going on Twitter and the sources that, that post on there. Um, do you think that was maybe in his mind a little bit that he was playing his last game for Aberdeen? Although maybe with the state of our squad going into the game on uh, Wednesday night, we might need him still. I know, you might have to hang around for a little bit uh, at this point. I don't know if that'll have been playing on his mind, uh, to be honest. I'm sure he would have loved uh, to go uh, out with a bang, uh, the last dance, if you will. And to be honest, at that point, uh, the service was not fantastic to Miofsky prior to him going off and it didn't, mm. didn't really improve. However, having said that, I would have loved to have seen it if that, that shot that uh, Ramirez took on his left. If that had gone in, oh my word, that would have been the most audacious attempt in the world. And it would have been bloody brilliant uh, if he is going to leave, which certainly looks like it's going to be the case. 
um, which is quite sad given the way it's sort of all unfolded. Yeah. Um, obviously, I put the tweet out from the um, Twitter page. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, give us a follow at RTG underscore podcast. Um, basically, kind of summarizing the, my thoughts kind of on the situation that despite whatever you feel on the Ramirez situation, nobody's kind of come out of this looking good. Um, Ramirez hasn't covered himself in glory with the way he acted at the, the back end of last season. But neither is Jim Goodwin in the football club as well. Um, maybe, you know, through reluctance of not playing him this season, he was a striker that, by all accounts, carried the team last season with some of his goals. Um, a, a player who I thought genuinely liked being here, moved his family across the pond, and that can't have been easy. I know, obviously, that was well documented as well last season with some of the, the comments from for, from Val Barr when they when they moved back to to America at the end of last season. But a player for six to eight months who gave us all for Aberdeen and unfortunately things just just haven't worked out. Um yeah, I, I think it is sad the way it's worked out. I also just hope it doesn't come back to bite us mm. him leaving before the end of the season. But I think opportunity obviously to free up a bit of wage and if we're getting money for him at the same time, too difficult for the club to turn down. But needs replaced, I guess, in this window. Absolutely, he needs replaced. Uh, for him, you know, going back to America, his contract's due to expire anyway. I think it's probably the best thing for him, his family. Um, for us, would be fantastic uh, to get a, a little bit of money, I suppose. Uh, yeah, reportedly on a big wage, but that has to be reinvested. Uh, we will probably need another another backup striker at this point, and uh, someone who can provide competition. Fantastic, maybe offer something a little bit different. Cause there's quite a few similarities, I suppose, between Ramirez. Ramirez and Miofsky, maybe something who offers something different to you know both them and Duke too. Um, almost in the form of Tobias Lauritsen, you would have thought maybe, but yeah. who knows? Uh, good luck to him. You know, it's been a blast. We'll always have uh, give it, give it, give it. Yeah, um, and like I said in the in the in the tweets as well, that memories of that Dungeon United game when he scored from that Ramsey cross in the night out after in Scotia. And I, I know Chubbs um, responded with some of the nights out in Prohibition after the European games were some of the best nights. But just that that feeling of seeing our team back and the kind of start that Stephen Glass had, thinking, well, as you said, that we were going to win the lot and obviously how horribly that turned out. But yeah, there was a lot of feel good about the team and he was he played a part in that. So like I wish him all the best for the future. Um, and who knows, we might even try and get him on the podcast in the future as well if he wants to speak about all things Aberdeen. That's a good shout. Yeah. Um, Steve McPhee Music puts a comment. What's our thoughts on Vinny? Now that we're at a back four, does he deserve a run of games or has Kennedy's resurgence stamped that chance out? It's an interesting one because even despite, you know, Kennedy's resurgence, it's Johnny Hayes who he's turning to over... Mm-hmm. Vinny Bizawin and again it was obviously well documented Vinny didn't get his chance off the bench yesterday what do you think is going on with Vinny do you think he will get much chance between now and the end of the season I think possibly not I hope absolutely because you know he's still young uh, and we have seen sort of flashes of him being very very good uh, at times albeit mainly in the via play group stage or whatever the fuck it's called and um, 
I'd like to see him get a chance. And certainly if Duke doesn't play at, or at least doesn't start at Tynecastle, I'd much prefer Versawin uh, to come in, uh, I think, off the left. Although, you know, probably not of the calibre of Duke at the moment. Offers similar sort of style of play, good ball carrier, um, right-footed coming off the left, coming inside, leaving space for Coulson or whoever. Um, however, I feel like it probably will be Johnny Hayes, but he doesn't look at his best either right now. Um, I think Matty Kennedy, in terms of um, his performances right now, it seems to be, as you, you've mentioned before, he's either like the best player on the park or or anonymous. And I think mm. more often than not, we have seen him be um, being a, be a pretty good, perhaps sometimes our, at times our, our biggest threat. Certainly think back to the game away against Livingston uh, in the second half. He was our our only threat, really. Mm. Um, but I would still like to see Vinny get that chance and uh, not another uh, player coming over uh, from abroad going wrong because so far <laughs> the track record is not fantastic. It seems to be getting a bit better with Ramdani Dukamiovsky, but look at Hernandez, Ramirez going back. If Bissawin's on the list as well. Uh, yeah, well let's certainly hope that um, Mislovic works out better than... Um, certainly falls into the category of Duke Majewski and um, Ramadani, but uh, he's Matty Kennedy's certainly a player that Jim Goodwin obviously fancies. You know, he was a player that he tried to sign when he was submitting manager, so clearly sticking to to what he knows or what he prefers. But I think it's difficult when you've got players that are eager to go and uh, and prove themselves as well. They'll want to be getting as many minutes as possible, and obviously that that falls into Davini as well. Um, obviously, as well in the news this week as well, there was discussions around Hayden Coulson, where Jim Goodwin came out and said that the ball is in Middlesbrough's court around Hayden, um, out of contract at the end of the season. But we will wait to see if Middlesbrough offer him a new contract first before making our move, which I don't really understand. I don't see why we wouldn't. It, sorry, it might play into things in terms of a development. Free? I can't. I don't know if that will make any difference because he's come through there and then they would lose him on a free. I don't know. I'm if not that sure if that applied. I don't know if that applies in England. I thought it was only applied in Scotland, but I could be wrong. But um, Jamie's comment here is that he hopes we buy Coulson. Um, I was quite impressed with him yesterday. Um, a lot of people, you know, pick up on maybe some of his defensive qualities lacking. But did you see that last ditch tackle he made? Oh, what a fucking tackle that was! Because uh, if he gets that wrong, <laughs> there was definitely no arguing on that one being a red card. Um, I think you know he, there are times when people say, and I think there was a couple of occasions yesterday where he did try a bit too hard with a bit of skills and knocked the ball out of play accidentally. If he keep just keeps things simple, he's a very effective um, left back. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully he can just get a good run of football and avoid some of these niggly injuries that he picks up as well. And to be honest, um, I kind of agree with with Mark Robertson. I hope we don't buy him because I just hope we pick him up on a free instead, as Mark says. I, I think that works best for both camps. Coulson get regular football here and we don't have to spend a penny. Yeah, I agree. Thought he was fantastic. And that, that challenge uh, that you're talking about was brilliant. And I, when he went to ground, I thought, oh God, this is going to be bad. Because obviously, didn't have a particularly great view. But um, yeah. if he can stay fit and keep putting performances like that and maybe keep things a little bit more simple uh, or, or at least know when when to try his fancy tricks and, and when not to, then uh, could be on to a winner. 
Yeah. Um, right, back to league action then um, on Wednesday night. So possibly chance of two lives for you this week on the Red Tinted Glasses YouTube channel. It's been a very busy live tonight with loads of you tuning in and plenty of you getting involved in the comment, which is great to see the interactions and, and comments that have been coming in. Callum, what do you think then as we take, I think it's going to be fair to say, a depleted squad to Tyne Castle? Mm-hmm. Um, energy sapped, certainly, after playing extra time as well. Of course, Hart's playing on the Friday night, getting a little bit extra rest as well. Paul Donaldson, good to have you along with us tonight. For the Hearts game, will we see Jaden Richardson come in at right back with Ross McCrory going to centre defence? Of course, with Anthony Stewart, as I suspect, being suspended for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We saw Ross McCrory play in that position. We didn't see Jaden Richardson, of course, as you said, warm up yesterday. Can he remar- remarkably make a reappearance into the first team and fill in at right back and potentially just give Matty Kennedy a little bit of a break? Um, again, given the fact that he himself looked like he was struggling towards the end of the game yesterday. Uh, yeah, I can imagine Jane Richardson will come in. McCrory absolutely will be at centre-back. Uh, I mean, it would be unusual if we go with uh, McCrory at centre-back and then Mike Kennedy also at right-back. I think that would sort of mess things up a little bit too much in terms of our defensive stability. It'll be an interesting one. I'm pretty nervous uh, going into the game against Hearts. Uh, you know, they've been pretty good. They seem to have recruited quite well. But if we do play the same way, uh, which will be hard, uh, as we did against ha- uh, against Rangers at Hamden, we've got a very, very chance uh, in, a, in a venue which has not been favourable to us uh, as of late. No, a venue that has not been favourable to us and a venue that we're only having 600 away fans in because mm-hmm. apparently Hearts fans are the second coming of Glory Hunters and piling out of the woodworks now that they've had one season where they finished third. Um, probably just trying to see Premiership football before they get relegated in a few years' time. But like Al Mitchell, I'm really excited to see how we line up on Wednesday. Do you think we kind of stick with the formation that we saw at the start of the game on Sunday? Or do you think Jim Goodwin goes a bit more defensive, tries to... Not saying as defensive as that Celtic game, but just maybe try and manage expectation given what we went through on Sunday. Because, of course, defeat on Wednesday would see us drop to nine points behind Hearts in that race for third place. So, would a point be accepted? Um, Right now, no. I think come full time, if we do walk away with a point, I'll probably be relatively happy. Um, especially since you know they'll have to come back here, uh, and there'll be chances that they don't drop points as well as us, which is a bit of a concern. I think it's a six-pointer, though. Is it too early to call mm-hmm. it that? I'm not sure. No, um, I don't think so. I'd say it's a six-pointer. I think we do need to take the game to them in a similar fashion we did uh, at I uh, at Hamden, sorry, against Rangers. I think we ha- absolutely have to. I not think like a box. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with with Shinny and. Um, Ramadani in the midfield, though I think that does provide good cover for us to first to pl- play this, um, the sort of way we did at Hamden. So 
I'd like to see us take the game to them. And at times they've been, you know, defensively suspect as well. Obviously, they brought in uh, Jimmy Hill uh, from Bournemouth on loan, who apparently played very well uh, against St Mirren. So maybe they're bolstered in that sense. But they've still been a little bit, they've been a little bit suspect uh, at times. So I'd, I'd like to see us give them a real go. And hopefully Duke will be fit to provide that. Yeah, um, but I suppose they've been a bit suspect, but they've been very strong at home, of course, this season as well. And I think the the point Al Mitchell makes is that it's a chance for some of the players who don't play every week to shine. Um, and I think this is the point that Jim Goodwin made after the the Sterling game, where he said he he wanted quality to come off the bench. And I I really like this point because. It is the perfect opportunity. There are players that are clearly frustrated and I think Vicente Bazawan falls into this category, frustrated at their lack of game time that they've been getting this season. Ryan Duncan's obviously keen to play more minutes as well, I'm sure. So potentially opportunities for these lads to go and put a statement out to the manager and say, look, I'm wanting to play more and I deserve to play more. Give me that chance. If you give me that chance, I'll show you what I'm capable of. And it'll be really interesting to see how we kind of approach this game in that in that sense as well. And <clears throat> I suppose I should say it now because I'll definitely be guilty of this. Should we, as Aberdeen fans, not be overcritical or overreactive if we were to lose the game on Wednesday, given the effort put in yesterday and potential difference in terms of starting lineup with kind of some of the injuries that we've seen I think that's important uh, given we've seen what we are capable of however even if we do lose for me more about how we approach things and how we apply ourselves mm. uh, like like the game on Sunday for example uh, and obviously things will be made far more difficult as you say through you know fatigue uh, tired legs and things like that but I think hearts are there to be got at and if we don't try and do that then there's going to be many a question raised yeah and I suppose interesting to see who starts at centre back Kaiser saying Jack McKenzie could be in at centre half if he's not injured of course Jack McKenzie wasn't even in the match day squad um, for yesterday's game uh, against Rangers and and Scott saying I wonder if Miss Lovich will get a, get a start and that will be interesting not played much football recently of course with the um, Slovakian league, league having their winter break but mm-hmm surely still has some fitness about him. Again, even if it's an opportunity, even if he has an hour in him and it's an opportunity to rest one of these guys that were struggling, a Leighton Clarkson, for example, if 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 Patrick could play an hour and you give Leighton half an hour, that's better than better than nothing, is it? Yeah, um, I think so. And you mentioned uh, players with a point to prove. Mitslovic has got a potential permanent deal here uh, to play for true. as well. Yeah. Um <clears throat> is it a case of if we were to lose on Wednesday that third place is almost out of reach or would it be out of reach for you if we lose on um, Wednesday or is it still too early? Um, obviously the fact that we'd probably, obviously making top six, would still have to play Hearts twice. I think realistically I wouldn't see Hearts thrown away from, from that stage. Uh, I'd still obviously be hopeful and any time they drop points, I'd be delighted about the prospect of us getting back in third. But realistically, I wouldn't see us clawing that back, um, especially if we don't make any more additions this window. 
Yeah, um, which brings us on to the comment from Ryan Does Base. It's starting to get worrying that it's now over halfway through the window and we haven't signed any defenders yet when realistically we need two if, God forbid, we can't keep scales. And of course, as I said to you before we went live, um, as we got into um, injury time about a minute before Anthony Stewart decided to get himself sent off, Macaulay stood behind me, turned around and said, who would we play at centre-back if we got to the final? And I remember when Stuart turned around and I said, now who the fuck do we play at centre-back if we get to a final? Um, obviously, Stuart out for the game on Wednesday, but <clears throat> if he is suspended for more than one game and Liam Skills was to pick up an injury, <laughs> how quickly can Jack Milne make it home from Kelty Hearts? Uh, or Evan Towler from Elgin, of course, both going on loan to, to those respective clubs. It kind of does highlight the importance to get a centre back in and or quickly. Or who? Or oh, two. Well, or two, yeah. Uh, I think so. Especially, oh, you mentioned Liam Scales, who thought actually played very well uh, at Hamden. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, likewise, Ross McCrory, if he picks up anything, uh, especially in the way he puts himself about uh, every game and certainly did for 120 minutes, uh, we would be in, in big trouble. And I mentioned perhaps two centre backs. <clears throat> maybe certain Charles Dunn and Bevis Mugabe. Of course, yeah. What was your thoughts on seeing Charles Dunn kitted out in an Aberdeen top supporting his friend and Anthony Stewart? I mean, seems like he's a good friend and he's going to support him all the time. However, if I was a Minin fan and I see him wearing an Aberdeen top, livid, absolutely livid. I don't, it was weird. It was pretty weird. Could you imagine Aberdeen Twitter if that was the other way around? I know. It's weird. It's really weird. I mean, it's nice of him and all. It's bizarre, though, uh, going yeah. wearing at the top of another team. I, I believe apparently a match worn top uh, from Anthony Stewart, mm-hmm. given it had this, you know, the cinch badging and whatever. But still odd, and uh, it seems, given the fact he was at Tordry in the season, that he is, as the kids say, twerking for us. Uh, <laughs> and likewise, you know, Bevis McGabby going there. I know he's friend, probably friends with Charles Dunn from their time at Motherwell, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. he's friends with anyone at Aberdeen. So the fact he was there also. Pretty weird. Uh, I'd probably be more inclined to take him than Charles Dunn. However, at this stage, any centre-backs, oh, as long as they're fit, they'll do for me. Yeah, well, maybe friend of the show, Jack Grimmer, fancies a move um, up north instead of continuing Wickham's promotion push. Contract at the end of the season, by the way. And he would, you know, he would count as homegrown for our, our uh, attack on the uh, Europa League <coughs> group stages. So there you go. Fills your quote of local lads, they know what it means as well. Exactly. Um, Mark Robertson, no, it's not confirmed that Anthony Stewart is out, but with the League Cup um, and the red card for serious foul play, um, I believe it does carry into the next immediate game. So um, that's why I believe Anthony Stewart is suspended, but no, um, not confirmed. And and Skokes are saying as well, Milton won't be back. He's not a defender. I think, Callum, you made the point that there was a comment on social media that... Um, Jack Milne's actually playing in midfield for Kelly Hearts tonight, not as centre-back. So good to see that mm-hmm. loan spell starting off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a free Chidi and McCallie. Uh He seems to get mentioned quite a lot. Uh, or yeah. she actually, I suppose, an honest account, you never know. Um, yeah, mentioned that he played box-to-box midfielder, which is really helping with our uh, hopes of, develop- <laughs> of developing him to become a centre-back. So mm-hmm. uh, at least he's playing, I suppose. That's at least something. Um. And on other players carrying knocks going into this game, Cal Rose um, uh, reportedly having a thigh problem. I've seen someone put in the, the comments earlier. Um, would you be tempted to 
change the goalkeeper going into this game? Um, if he's carrying a knock, then absolutely, because we can't be done with all the faffing about again. Uh, <clears throat> however, you've got Darville coming up on Monday, so would you be tempted to play Keller on Wednesday and then and then swap out for Joe come Darville? I think so. Um, that would probably seem more reasonable. However, if there is any doubt over Keller also on Wednesday, just swap it because Joe Lewis, very, very decent backup goalkeeper. Mm. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how many of these players are risked going into, into the game. But maybe kind of just showing a little bit how threadbare we are currently um, and some of our squad depth isn't quite maybe where we want it to be. Um, at this stage, obviously January a difficult window to to really strengthen that that depth. But I suppose goes to the point that we are still that work in progress and kind of performances like we saw on Sunday, albeit not the right result. There are signs that we are going in the right direction. I think so. I feel a lot more positive than I thought I would be. And it's not wearing off yet. I'm sure probably come Wednesday at about six o'clock, I'll probably be starting to cack me kecks again. Uh, but I do think it was a step in the right direction. Going to the going to Hamden, a semi-final against Rangers. Um, to be honest, didn't expect us to uh, at the start of the season win anything so far this season. Put on a good showing. They've got another chance in the Scottish Cup, obviously starting uh, on on a week, well, a week today, I suppose. Um, mm. I, I think we are starting to move in the right direction. I think it's still vital we do add a couple more players for that depth, certainly at the back. Um, in this window, but hopefully we can carry on with that template uh, we used at Hamden uh, in terms of going away or even when likes of Hearts come up to Tawdry too. And uh, come come the end of the season, European football, maybe another semi-final at least, then probably going to be pretty happy. Yeah, I think the, the kind of point you make about carrying on what we did in terms of level of performance from Sunday is really important because it is kind of a a big 10 days coming up for us. Um, two trips to the capital uh, and a trip to deepest, darkest Ayrshire to, to face Darville in a potentially tricky um, Scottish Cup tie. Um, of course, tickets, if you are watching this live with us on Monday night, tickets going on sale for that game tomorrow morning at 8am. Um, the club statement really selling um, the tickets themselves, saying that it's a sloped embankment and if you're not at the front, you're not going to have a great view and there's of course going to be a TV gantry as well behind the, the the goal so the view might be even further restricted so um, roll up and get your, your tickets for uh, a chance to tick off another ground but you might not see much of the action Absolutely and I mean God forbid it rains a lot between now and then as well because that sort of embankment will not be a perfect underfooting conditions Not not even rains, I mean obviously not everybody that is tuning in tonight is in Aberdeen Um I'm north of Aberdeen and I think it's minus one tonight. So obviously we're still in January. We could be sitting with a with a frozen pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so fair play to all of you choosing to um, travel down to, to that game as well. Obviously, again, we four away games on the bounce, not the the best time of year um, for, for money and with everything else that's going on. So I think a lot of credit to, to those traveling to, to all these games. Big, big, as I said, big 10 days coming up for the club. Important that we continue this upwards trajectory of sorts. Um, feels weird saying that on the back of a, of a defeat. Um, but hopefully, Callum, when we reconvene, um, as I said, 
we're doing this live on Monday night. Probably do another live on Thursday night or maybe lunchtime, depending on um, our circumstances. We'll see how that, that works out. Um, we're talking about more positives, but more importantly, points. Absolutely. Um, and then with the game in the Scottish Cup being live on TV on Monday, um, we might even jump on and do a wee halftime analysis um, live like I did um, previously for some of the games that have been live on TV because these videos tonight has shown us that there is a lot of appetite for the lives, lots of interactions as well. Um, so if you have enjoyed the video tonight, please do leave us a like. Um, lots of you have commented with your thoughts as well. And if you haven't subscribed as well, hit that subscribe button. We're so close to 1,200 subscribers as well. We do really appreciate all the support here on YouTube. And of course, if you've been tuning in on audio on Catch Up when this episode is released then. Until next time, thanks very much for tuning in. And Callum, come on you Reds. Hey, you did it. I wasn't going to, but you did it. <laughs>